let's chat about Elon Musk and his Twitter takeover because this is still sure. a conversation that is dominating. I think a, a, what's really going on on Twitter these days. The purchase price forty four billion dollars, and all we really know is that he wants to protect free speech, essentially loosening restrictions in terms of who can remain on the platform. But have we seen examples of this in the past when it comes to these big billionaires sort of taking over the media? Well, that's another element to this. In in a, in a commercial endeavor, in a business takeover that has been... How much has been talked about this? But when you look back in history, yes, is there a path that we have seen? I want to talk about that this morning with uh, an assistant professor of emerging media out of the Université de Québec at Chicoutimi. His name is Hervé Saint-Louis, and he's joining us here this morning on 630 Ched. Uh, professor Saint-Louis, nice to have you on. Uh, how are you this morning? Very good, and you? I'm very good, thank you. You wrote an article for theconversation.com that was a fascinating sort of a recollection to something from way back when, uh, sort of comparing Elon Musk's bid to take over Twitter to, to the robber barons of the 19th century, which I thought was fascinating. But maybe just for our audience and for ourselves, what is a robber baron? A robber baron is uh, what we call a, a business magnate, like uh, an entrepreneur uh, that often in the in the history book if you look at it uh would kind of uh push their way in and convince the public convince uh, finance financiers and so on to take on projects and so on so maybe let's say you had a like a uh i don't know like a railway Mm-hmm. Uh, line and they would try to probably try to push out com- com- the competition and so on and just take over and often public utilities well what today are public utilities would be taken over by them and they would almost be a monopoly so they would the grab that they had some people thought they were very greedy and there were so some, there were some big names that were that had that robber baron description attached to them way back in the in the day long ago yes Yes, I mean, there's been a lot of them, mostly in the 19th century, but even after that, it went after, uh, I mean, Jay Gold um, and so on, uh, Yorkies. There's a lot of them in history, and some people would say that they were doing graft and so on, like buying their way in into power, in, into having big businesses. Um, but my take on Elon Musk went a little bit further than, than just the robber barons. I mean, uh, I was mostly interested in also I mean, looking at the past, but also trying to understand where he's trying to go with it next. And that's, um, that's a big question. I think a lot of people are really wondering, why? What is this going to mean for Twitter moving forward? What, is this, what does this do to the platform? And what does this do to kind of the, you know, the, the world at large? If we have a, a handful of billionaires sort of controlling the things that we use the most. So when we look at the past, uh, for examples, I mean, is, is this a good thing for someone, an entrepreneur, for example, to, you know, kind of take over and shake their money at an industry and, and, and take ownership over it? Well, for me, Musk did what was almost impossible to do. If you saw in the article, I made a comparison to Italy before the First World War, was he absorbed Twitter, which was, which was out of uh, reach for most other big companies, uh, neither Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, they all wanted Twitter eventually. They all would have wanted Twitter. None of them were able to do it. It's a bit like uh, when I compare Italy to the great powers of Europe before the First World War. I mean, Germany, France, the UK at the time could not take on Italy. I mean, it was too big, but at the same time, not big enough to, 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 for, for, 
for Italy on its own to be a great power on its own, but it's the same thing that what, uh, in my view, what Musk did. So he took over Twitter, which is something that was almost impossible, and I would say it's impressive. Uh, I find it a bit funny. There's a lot of criticism, but my take is more like uh, there certainly are democracy and freedom of expression concerns, but I think that what's more interesting is what he's going to be doing with it, and I don't believe that it's only for free speech and freedom of expression. There's way, there's too much money involved. Uh, he got loans from Canadian banks even. Mm -hmm. There's too much money involved for it to be about freedom of speech and putting Trump back on the platform. Nah, that, that's, that's, no, that's so, a waste of people's money. <laughs> so as we try to understand what has happened, we can look to history to try and understand what has happened. Does history tell us what is going to happen? Well, usually when the robber baron, they would concentrate all of their businesses and just be becoming either vertical or, or horizontal businesses, so taking over a whole field. And right now, what's the next stage for that people are competing over? Well, big companies, uh, Silicon Valley is competing over right now. What's the next stage? Well, cryptocurrency, uh, NFTs, metaverses, and Musk has all those businesses, the, the different parts assemble. What he didn't have was a platform with people and users actively using it. Yeah, that, that sounds so like you, you think he's missing. got a much bigger plan ahead. Exactly. Yeah. So, he, I mean, I'm not sure. What, like, it's, it is pure speculation on my part. Sure. But if I was in his place, <laughs> <laughs> and if I had Twitter, Neuralink, Tesla, and if I had a big investment in cryptocurrencies, that's the first thing I would be doing. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, thank you so much for your time this morning, uh, Professor. That's been interesting. Good food for thought. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay, Bye. cheers. Have a great day. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the ring.